What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Koban. It's September 5, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 98. In this episode, I'll talk about why flexibility and mobility is so important. This is something I didn't learn about until a few years after being a personal trainer. I've seen how it's helped a lot of my clients, especially the older ones I deal with. And in the second topic for today, I'll just talk briefly about how long you should be resting in between sets during your workouts. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast on Twitter at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. The harsh truth about being in shape is that it's actually very simple. But while it is simple, that doesn't make it easy. So let me talk about that right now. I say it's very simple because there's a core foundation here when it comes to staying in shape. All you need to do is have a good balanced diet, exercise a few times per week, get good sleep every night, all while managing your stress levels. There's other small factors that uh, play a role also, but those are the major pillars there. Uh, You do all of that alone, and that's going to improve your life in literally every single way you can think of. But like I said, it's simple, not easy. Fixing those things if you have a problem in one area or all of the areas, maybe a little bit, it's really accumulation of everything that you've done uh, your whole life, pretty much. Those habits that you may have developed when you were a kid. Now, to break out of those habits, that's not just going to happen overnight, and that's why I hate when people find out I'm a personal trainer and they tell me, oh, just give me a diet and a training routine and I'll stick to it if that's what it takes. Now, there's going to be one person out of, I don't know, maybe a hundred who will actually listen to advice like that, but long-term wise, it probably won't happen. So tackling the diet issue, like I said, your upbringing is likely the key to how your diet currently is. I was the same way up until I started school for fitness and health, because that's when I realized that eating a Filipino diet every single day for every single meal isn't really great for my health. And definitely not going to be great when it comes to muscle building or getting lean, which was my two main focuses. So instead of just switching up the whole diet all at once, a smarter decision in this scenario would be to actually add foods that you're missing out on depending on how you currently eat. So that might mean adding more vegetables or more of a protein source all while also substituting some of the other foods. So in terms of uh, substitution, one of the first things I did was swap the vegetable oil that would get used. I switched that with extra virgin olive oil, which is overall, that's a better cooking oil with better fat sources in there. Because my main goal was to build muscle, lose weight, something I had to add into my diet more of was protein. So at the same time, I chose leaner meat sources from what I was used to, which was like pork, sausage, which is like this longanisa thing. That's what they call it. It's like some Filipino sausage and some other fattier fish. So going with a lean ground beef, 
some chicken breast or thigh mixture still. Uh, I still do have some pork, but just not pork belly, which had the fat in there. You're going to have to sacrifice a little bit here when it comes to changing your diet around, but it's definitely not as drastic as changing your whole diet or you pull some diet online and it, you got to go to like, I don't know, like a Whole Foods, spend a bunch of money or some exotic fruits. Yeah, that's really unnecessary. So just do this all slowly. In terms of carbs though, I actually didn't change much. I would have rice for every meal of the day, so sometimes I'd keep it the same, but I'd try out some pasta also along with quinoa, just altering the foods I already frequently eat. That's a much better way to start to take control of your diet. You're likely not going to eat chicken breast, rice, and broccoli for dinner over and over again. I mean, you might do it at first, but in the long run, you probably won't stick to it. I've been there before. Chicken thighs are just so much better. It's It may be less protein to fat ratio, but the flavor, I mean, it actually makes it edible, unlike chicken breast, which can be just too dry unless you cook it perfectly. It's about finding ways to slightly alter those meals you already make to transform your body, whether that means decreasing or increasing in size, whatever, whatever you're after. In terms of exercise, I've mentioned it before, you might be that highly motivated state at first when you first realize that you want to start working out. Initially, you're thinking, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym every day, crush it for two hours. After a week or two, you realize that's pretty much impossible, and then you just get back into your old habits. Same thing here. You might not work out every single day for an hour. If you currently don't do much, that's a huge life change. A better approach, start out going, I don't know, once or twice a week at first. A full body routine to start would be great. Focusing on big compound movements where you're working multiple muscles at once. So like a squat or lunge, deadlift, bench, row, shoulder press, whatever. Those should be staples in your routine. If you don't have time for hour workouts once or twice or three times a week, but you feel like you have 15 to 30 minutes, just do that instead. You'll just have to do it a bit more frequently throughout the week. So if you work out, let's say 15 minutes for six days a week or something, that might not seem like much time or dedication, but you might be able to fit that into the schedule. Now, 15 or 20 minutes might not sound like much, but that's an hour and a half to two hours of working out per week, which is great if you're starting out from doing nothing or zero. So start slow here again. You don't have to do anything crazy like join some CrossFit class or do P90X. So those short workouts every single day just creates this behavioral change and you reap the benefits from exercise every single day. You also don't feel as bad if you miss a workout, if you work out six days a week for 15 or 20 minutes. But if you only have to work out twice a week for an hour, if you miss one of those days, you might have a week or even more between workouts. So that's another one of the benefits that comes with working out every day, even if it is just a little bit. These habits you formed, you can't just magically change most of them overnight. It's a slow process, and you're going to be working on getting to the goal, actually, more than you'll actually have the end goal in most times. So that's why you got to enjoy the journey, because you'll be on that path far longer or far longer than when you feel like you're at your highest moment. So something else that could improve your life every day, my biggest problem, that's sleep. It's been that way for me for the majority of my life since high school. I would stay up playing World of Warcraft, sleeping late, waking up early for school, and towards the latter half of high school, I actually moved farther away from school. So I had to wake up, interrupt my sleep to go get dropped off at my cousin's house before 5 a.m. 
When you're younger, it's really not that big of a deal, but that negative habit has pretty much been ingrained in me ever since then. Nowadays, on most days, I sleep around 10 or 11 at night and wake up around 4.30 a.m. just because of how my current work situation is. Is that ideal in my life? No. And that's definitely contributed to why I haven't gained as much muscle as possible over the last 10 or so years, and it's negatively affected my health for sure, but that's just how life is sometimes. I get the right amount of sleep on a few days of the week, but for the most part, I'll sleep for only around six hours if I'm lucky. I'm slowly trying to change that, not having to work so early in the morning, but that's just life as a personal trainer sometimes. I was just listening to another podcast where they were talking about how lack of sleep affects your melatonin production, which in turn affects how much growth hormone is being produced in your body. So that's potentially a big problem if you're someone who doesn't get the right amount of sleep. So do your best to get a good night's sleep. Now, stress levels. Up to this point, this hasn't really been too much of a problem for me, but I've had clients really saying that having kids is one of the biggest stressors in their lives. So I can't really speak on that since I haven't had to deal with that yet. I have some clients who will just do some walking to relieve those stressors at home or whatever it may be. Managing those times in your life, that's going to be important to your health also. Don't forget this part at all. My go-tos in this situation are meditation, going for walks, doing stretches or mobility drills. I feel like that helps calm me down also. Sometimes just going for a drive helps also. Listening to music, another one. Do things in your life for your own benefit. Sometimes you have to be a little bit selfish. You're your own person. Like I said, though, it's simple. Eat this way. Exercise more during the week. Go to sleep earlier. Just chill out. Pretty simple, but if it was easy, we wouldn't have an obese or an overweight problem worldwide. So baby steps with all this stuff. Don't just force, uh, force yourself to completely change your whole life. One step at a time. Do it all slowly. One month, maybe focus on getting more protein intake daily. And then the next month, when that's all ingrained in your life, add another aspect. Work out two or three times a week. Make that the focus. Then the next month, maybe tackle the sleep issue. Give yourself as much time as you need to change those habits or those behavioral aspects in your life. And that's how it's been working as a personal trainer. I've had to lead my clients into working out slowly it's not about getting a client to do the latest 5x5 five five routine so they can get super strong. You have to start slowly with stabilization and muscular endurance before going into that strength and power. But that stabilization at first, that's super important so that you can see a client's limits and certain weaknesses that you as a trainer have to work on before moving on to advanced movements. Anyways, okay, let me just talk for a little bit here. It's actually an off day for me from the gym because it's Labor Day today. I still have some clients to train later today, but the gym hours are super short, so it's not too long of a day for me. So my activity for today will be golf when I'm all done. I deserve it. <laughs> but speaking about other sports I've been into this week, this past week was the softball playoffs for the team that I usually drop in on. I only played two other games this year, but the season actually went by super quick. Summer went by way too fast. I can't believe it's September already. It's my birthday month, though. I only got to fill in for one other day and then all of a sudden it's the playoffs. Long story short, to, bear you, uh, to spare you all the boring details that adult co-ed softball can be sometimes, we ended up losing both games. Just sad. 
All we needed to do is win one game, but we couldn't even do that. I even got baseball cleats this year, and I only got to use them for two days. But I'll be back next year if they're still going to play, so it's not like it'll be my last time out there. Man, all we had to do was win one game. The only consolation is that the second game we played, I actually had two home runs, which is pretty sweet. I had an inside-the-park home run at first, so I had to run around all the bases pretty quick, which was actually a bit tiring. I could feel my knees and my hamstrings getting sore in the middle of the game. And then in the last inning, uh, we were down... In the last inning of the last game, actually, I should say, we were down three runs. So we were just trying to keep the game close or take the lead, hopefully. So my buddy Taylor on the team, he hits this moonshot homer to right field. Then I came up, hit an absolute bomb to left field. So that ended up being on my last at bat for the season. So I guess that's the good news there. But we ended up losing by one because that was the last run we got, unfortunately. But whatever, I hit it over the park. I mean, I hit it over the fence over there. So, I mean, can't complain. It was a good season. Hopefully we can do better next year if there is a next year. And last but not least, now that I have a football fantasy team, I actually might be watching some games this year, but honestly, I say that every year. The season starts this Thursday. I drafted Patrick Mahomes, which is pretty cool, so I might watch some of his games. I also have the Chargers defense and one of their wide receivers on there, so I might watch them play also. But honestly, I have no idea who the players I drafted are. I know nothing about football. I'm just hoping that going by the numbers will do the trick. And I don't know, I'm going to watch a little bit, but I usually stop keeping up with it like two or three weeks into the season. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Question one, why flexibility and mobility is so important. This one is super useful, not even just for the gym, just for regular everyday activities and for literally every single person on this planet. I probably should have broken this up into two different topics because flexibility and mobility are related, but they're not the exact same thing. This one recently affected me a few months ago, so I went to the driving range, I was hitting some golf balls, working on my game, you know the deal. This guy in front of me, he was about 70 years old or something, still had a great golf swing, better than mine, that's for sure. Anyways, okay, so he came over, approached me, and told me a few things I could improve in my own golf swing. Long story short, he was telling me that I needed to rotate at my hips more. When I tried to do that, though, I could just feel like my body was stopping me. I just couldn't physically twist my body the way it was supposed to. And this is something I had to work on. So look at that. Even me being a personal trainer for nearly 10 years now, or even people who lift weights in general, this is highlighting the fact that because when we're lifting weights, we only lift in a few planes of motion. Most of the things we do are in one or two planes of motion. So I was severely lacking this hip rotation needed for a better golf swing. So I could squat great. My deadlift is pretty good. Bench press is fine. Pull up form is fine. During those movements, I mean, I'm aware and I'm able to control the way my body moves and my range of motion is great there because I'm constantly practicing those movements. Something my training lacks and... Most programs do actually, we're lacking those rotational movements. So when this guy was telling me to twist and turn my body more as opposed to using my arms to swing the ball, I physically couldn't do it because I lacked that hip mobility and rotation mobility basically. So what can flexibility training be used for? So first off, it should be a key component for all training programs. 
it can do a lot of things for you like correcting muscle imbalances, increasing joint range of motion if you're doing it properly. More specifically, mobility drills, of course, they help there. Other benefits include aspects like relieving tension in your muscles or relieving joint stress, all while improving function of your muscles and tendons during all kinds of movements and increasing the fullness of a certain range of motion of your muscles, which will actually translate to more muscle recruitment during exercise. This is why it's so important because not being able to move optimally is going to affect your day-to-day life. If you don't use it, you lose it. Eventually, you're going to need to do that full range of motion. Even something that seems pretty simple like reaching into the top cabinet can be an issue as you get older. I've seen many clients who can't even raise their arm directly over their head because their shoulder just basically lost the ability to do so. It might not be a problem when you're under 40 or under 30 years old, but as you get older, it's going to get harder to do things that you need to do on a daily basis until you realize it's too late. Simple movements like getting off a chair or a couch or even a toilet could be hard without some kind of assistance like using your hands. And that's a squat movement. Getting up off the floor becomes a serious issue and something difficult if you don't have the right strength and mobility to do it. Everyone should be working on this daily. This is another aspect of exercising or working out. It's not just about how far and fast you can run or lifting as much weight as possible. Moving properly is going to translate into doing everything in your life a bit easier. Those little aches and pains that most people feel, common injury areas are the knee, the lower back, shoulder, feet, and ankle. Most of those problems can be solved if you put in the time and effort into working on your flexibility and especially mobility of those areas. You want to get to a place where you're able to control a full range of motion and extend your current range of motion in those areas. This is going to help your kinetic chain just work and feel so much better. And moving better means you'll be able to grow older without the need for any kind of assistance and you'll be able to live a longer, more independent life for a longer amount of time, which is something I always talk about. Question two, how long should you be resting in between your sets? All right, so in terms of rest in between your sets during your workouts, there's no one right answer to this because it depends on a lot of factors. The main ones really are what your programming is like and how much time you have for your workout. If you don't have a lot of time and you're doing as much workout volume as you can in 15 or 30 minutes, then maybe your rest isn't exactly going by the book. You might just be doing exercises back to back with no rest or just 15 to 30 seconds between sets. If you don't have time, you don't really have a choice when it comes to rest times. It doesn't make sense to rest for three minutes if you only have 15 minutes to get in a quick workout. I mean... Let's be honest here. That being said, let's just go over the basics when it comes to resting between sets where time is not a factor. So just a standard 60 to 90 minute workout. Talking about the basics here, a little bit of the internal science that goes on inside of your body without you even realizing your energy is supplied mostly by the ATP PC system. Uh, Yeah, that might be confusing for some people out there. But yeah, when we're talking about resistance training, this is the energy system we use because the set usually lasts between 5 to 30 seconds for the most part. Rest interval is the time taken to recuperate or recover between sets. So if you're resting for 20 to 30 seconds, this is going to mean on average you get about 50% recovery of this ATP PC energy system 
40 seconds, that's going to allow 75% recovery. A minute is about 85 to 90% of that energy back. And three minutes is around 100% recovery. These are just general, you know, general statements here. Now, if rest periods are too long between sets, I think if the rest is like over seven to 10 minutes, potential effects there include like decreased neuromuscular activity, which means less stability. And you might not connect to those muscles with the same force and power from before. And that also, if you also rest too long, you can also find like decreased body temperature and these could increase risk of potential injury. So don't rest too long between sets. I mean, that's not usually a problem for most people training from what I've seen in order to determine how much you should rest between sets. Like I said earlier, it depends what kind of training you're doing. If you're doing more of a hypertrophy, so anywhere between 30 to 45 seconds or up to 60 to 75 seconds, I mean, that should be good. If you're looking to get a quick pump or getting through the workout as fast as possible, you can shorten it down. But overall strength and performance will take a bit of a hit there if you're resting less than a minute. Like I just said, you're not giving your body enough time to recover the main energy system. But also, sometimes that's not the most important thing. You don't really need to rest for three to five minutes all the time so that you're at this 100% recovery state if you're looking to build and sculpt the body. But you want to be at least 75 to 90% recovered, which could be 30 to 75 or 90 seconds for some people. If you're working in a strength or a power phase, though, so you're really looking to lift as heavy weights as possible, that's different. Then your breaks or your rest times could be anywhere between three to five minutes. In this situation, you want your body to be fully recovered before the next set. Five minutes would probably be the limit though, I think. Any longer than that and you may notice that you're just not as warmed up or you might feel tight after a super long break. All that being said, you have to find what works for you. You should be experimenting and playing around with all different kinds of rest times to see what works for you. It's just like training programs. You should try everything wherever you are in your training. So don't forget to drink water also between sets. That's also going to help with the performance and recovery. In between sets, if you want to do dynamic stretches, that's a pretty good idea. But you don't want to be doing anything too strenuous in between sets. So don't do something that will actually slow down that energy restoration process. So you don't want to be doing your back movements. And then in between those movements, you're maybe hitting abs real hard or something like that. It's a good idea in between sets to just catch your breath. Maybe swing your arms a little bit arm circles, maybe a light lat stretch in between sets, but nothing crazy where you're having to breathe hard and use even more energy. You need to save that energy for those working sets for whatever body part you're doing. A lot of newer clients fall into this trap where they aren't taking advantage of the rest times. They're just so eager to just do more, like they're already working out, so what's the point of resting? They just want to keep moving and moving. It's a good spirit to have, but you have to remember that a good workout program is built for a purpose. So we want to save our energy so we're able to get more workout volume for our intended areas that we're working on. If you're lacking time, yeah, do your supersets if you want, but if you have the time, spend it just catching your breath and letting your body recover. That way you can crush the exercise. The rest time is important. It has a, I mean, it's there for a reason. You want to be as strong as you can for those uh, working sets. You want to be able to catch your breath between sets. You should be at least 80% recovered before the next exercise for the most part. If time is a factor, then yes, you might have to sacrifice some rest time in order to get into the next set. 
But if you have the time, spend it letting your body get back to optimal levels before going into the next set or the next exercise. That's going to translate to you doing more workout volume. So maybe that means more weight or more reps or just more time under tension in general. And that's going to help you build even more muscle than just going to fatigue during your workouts all the time. And that concludes episode 98 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.